Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Doctrine Matters podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in wherever you may be watching from or wherever you may be listening from. I just want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of the podcast. And this episode of the podcast is going to be one that I have been kind of frustrated about, uh, or at least the content of this podcast is is going to be something that I have been actually frustrated about over the past week, week and a half or so, as I've been able to see a lot of interviews and listen to several podcasts about the future of the church. So that's my question today on the podcast that I'm going to kind of talk through the future of the church in a post-pandemic world or a post-COVID world. I was talking with somebody today and many manufacturing companies and and businesses and things like that were trying to just survive and remain open and to be able to pay their workers during COVID that they haven't been able to plan long-term for when COVID is over, when the pandemic is over, when things get back to normal. And a result of that is I've talked to many people that, that they've said that there's a lot of things that's hard to get right now. I think steel is one of those things, aluminum is one of those things, and and right now, you know that if you're living in America and you see this on the news or on your social media pages, that gas is expected to be uh, at, at very rare <laughs> over the next couple of days with this pipeline being hacked and shut down for however long it was. But people are flocking to gas stations right now because they think we're going to run out of fuel. Uh, that could happen, could not happen. But I think panic buying like we did toilet paper last year is probably going to lead to having less fuel than we would if people didn't flock to it and get it. Anyway, I digress. Uh, but we've seen lumber prices skyrocket. We have seen electricians. We've heard their stories. I have and, and heard the things that they need, plumbers, the things that they buy. The price has skyrocketed on these things. We've seen the housing market. It's booming right now. I've heard of trucks that are being, that people are trading in their trucks or, or at least selling their trucks to these lots because they can't get brand new cars because of some chip that is not being able to be manufactured for these brand new vehicles. So there's a lot of things going on and a lot of companies that did not prepare for a post-COVID world. And now we're seeing a bit of strain on those things. And I think we're going to continue to see a strain on those things for quite some time now. Just how long, I have no idea, but we are. And another one of those things that I think we're going to see the landscape change. And this is why it's frustrating to me because people are saying that the church is going to change dramatically. Now, I don't agree with what I have been hearing, but I've been hearing from a lot of big-name people, some uh, large names within Christendom and large ministries. Uh, they've got big platforms, and some of those people are like Andy Stanley, which there's another episode we could talk about this, but we don't unhitch from the Old Testament. I think Andy Stanley is wrong on a lot of things. I think the debate that he had with Jeff Durbin was an epic one that I would recommend you go watch. Um, people like Craig Rochelle, we're seeing 
a lot of people come on podcasts and do interviews about the future of the church, and here's why it's frustrating to me. All of them have this theme that they're following, and they're saying that the church is going to be primarily online in the future, in a post-COVID world that pastors are going to be talking more to a screen or to a camera, to people watching him on a screen and not preaching from a pulpit with people in front of him gathered and assembled as the physical church. Now, this is why it's frustrating to me, because when I read the scriptures, and I, know, and I understand that somebody could say, well, they didn't have this type of technology in the Bible days, and I get that, but I still believe as I read the scriptures that a church is a group of called-out believers that believe in Christ, that have made him the Lord of their life. They are to assemble. They are to gather physically. We see this in the scriptures. We are taught to do this. We are taught in Hebrews chapter 10 not to neglect the gathering of the saints. Some of you may say, well, we can gather digitally. We can gather on Zoom. We can gather on Facebook Live, whatever that may be. But I'm here to tell you, I believe that the church should gather physically. I believe that we are called to do so. I believe it is for our benefit as we gather together to worship the Lord, as we gather together and we sing and we lift up one another, we encourage one another, we spur one another along, Hebrews 10, 24 says, that we are in each other's lives in this way. One of the hardest things that we can do is be in community 95 to 100% online. We need to be able to sit with people, to hug people, to cry with people, to give each other high fives whenever we need to, to hug people, to be there, to encourage, to admonish, to do all of these things to build one another up as we gather to adore God the Father, exalt Christ, and again, build one another up. And we can't do that well online. And I can tell you right now that just doing this podcast, whether I'm doing it behind just the microphone or in front of this camera and behind the microphone, it is really strange to do. As a matter of fact, when COVID first came out, we spent probably three months, we we went online with everything. And it was really some of the most miserable days that I've ever had as a Christian and as a pastor. I can't tell you how awkward it is looking directly at a camera when you know your church family is watching you and they desire to be together as the physical body again. It's so awkward. It changes everything, the tone, the mood, everything, to just stare at a camera and talk for 45 minutes to an hour or 30 minutes, however long that the sermon would be that day. And it was very awkward on Wednesday evenings when we would gather on Zoom. We could see each other. Yes, that was great. But trying to have an interaction in a Bible study and trying to interact with one another and build one another up through Zoom was incredibly difficult. It was very impersonal. It was very... It, it, there was no intimacy about it whatsoever, and that lack of intimacy is what we miss when we don't gather with the saints on the Lord's Day, and even on Wednesday night for Bible studies, and even through other times during the week. I know that I have a breakfast once a week on Thursday mornings with a group of men where we're going through the book of James right now, and that is a precious time for me and those guys as well as we're able to share a meal and be in one another's lives and encourage one another and push one another along to be the best that we can be as we pursue Christ in this fallen, sinful world. Now, we can't do that online. We can sit there and eat our eggs and our cereal on through a, a Zoom call, but that is, that's not going to be at all like it should be. 
And that is not what we're called to be as the church. We are a called out group of believers that should gather with the saints on the Lord's day. And it's frustrating to me that these highly, uh, high, high name, big name, big platform, big ministry men are saying that the future of the church is online. And it is a testament to me that they're not reading the Bible that I read. Now, I realize this is 2021. I realize that we have been through a pandemic. I realize that we have got a lot going on in our world, both politically, religious things that are happening. We've got wars happening that seem to be firing up right now. We've got gas shortages. We've got a whole plethora of things that are happening in our life. And you may be one of those that would say, well, I think we should go online because it could be more efficient. It could be more streamlined. We could reach more people that way. I would say that I simply disagree with the methodology of moving church online because I think if we are not gathered as the body, we miss out on a whole lot. And I believe that if we claim to be Christians and we fail to gather physically with the saints, and here, you and I may disagree on this, so get ready. I believe if you fail to gather with the saints physically, then I believe you're in sin. I believe it is a sin to go against the Word of God. The Word of God never tells us to meet digitally or online or use the things that we have at our disposal for church. We should not change what God has said in His Word, whether we are going through a pandemic or not. There was the Spanish flu. There was the Black Plague. There was all sorts of things that this world has endured, that people have endured. I was reading about Charles Spurgeon not too long ago. I think it was the Black Plague where he would still go visit people that were sick with this, that church was still meeting, that nothing stopped the gathering of the saints. Now, my fear is that we are going to see what's happening in China, what's happening in other parts of the world, what we're seeing happen even in Canada right now with pastors being arrested. I feel like and I fear that it's going to come down through the United States, and that is going to be a big reason for people to finally pull the trigger and say, let's go online, because we don't want to be persecuted, number one. We don't want to see anybody go to jail. We're going to use the love thy neighbor as uh, uh, some sort of mantra or something. We're going to say that over and over, and we're going to be safe in our homes when the Bible never tells us to be safe, to be comfortable, to be hiding, to be afraid or fearful. The Bible teaches us that we should gather with the saints on the Lord's day. The Bible teaches us that we should be bold even in the face of persecution. I can't help but think of the early church All the things that the early church had to endure, I am talking physical death that they were running from. So the church would gather, and then they would scatter. Read the book of Acts. The church would gather and then scatter as a result of persecution. And in God's providence, as the church would scatter, the gospel would go with them. They would still meet physically somewhere, whether they had to hide, whether they were on the run, whatever may have happened. They took the gospel with them. They were hiding and, and having house churches and all sorts of things. But the gospel spread as a result of persecution. Now, think about this just for a minute, if you will. Let's say persecution like this begins to happen in America. Let's say 85% of the churches go online. If persecution is happening in America, how long do you think 
that big tech is going to allow church services to stream and get out to the people that really want to watch and be a part of an online church to be, to begin with. Big tech will censor it, shut it down, and church will be no more. As a matter of fact, if you were to ask me, I would say that I believe that is the agenda of the the Democratic Party, ultimately, is to silence the church if they don't go by their standards, if they don't meet their qualifications by accepting the LGBTQ agenda. We've talked about this on this show before, and the government would like nothing more than Christ, the name of Jesus, to stop being preached. Why? Because if the gospel goes forth, God will save those whom he will save. And when people are changed by the gospel, some of these policies that are have been put out, some of these things that we see, like abortion and same-sex marriage and all of these things that are happening, will people will begin to change their mindset because they have been changed spiritually. So the things that they applaud now, they'll start to pull back on and change their view, and then they'll start to vote a bit different, and then ultimately we won't see some of these agendas take place. I think that many of the government's agendas are to silence the name of Christ, to get rid of churches. And you may say, listen, we live in the land of the free. We've got churches still meeting all over the place. I understand that, but I believe that is the ultimate goal, and it all happens in a slow fade. It's one thing that starts turning into another that eventually ends us up like Canada and ultimately like China or other countries that are being heavily persecuted simply because of their faith. But this is nothing new for us. We shouldn't fear persecution as true believers. We have examples. Acts chapter 7, we see Stephen preach an amazing sermon going back from the beginning, and he is telling them they're stiff-necked people that crucified and rejected Christ, and he was stoned for it. Nowadays, I think many people that profess to be Christians, deacons and elders included, would recant would turn from it, would say, I'm sorry, we're going to go into our homes, we'll do all this online, we're sorry, your royal highness, we're going to do this. Now, I don't mean to be uh, sounding argumentative or frustrated, but it is frustrating to me that people that profess Christ would just simply give in and want the church to be online. Matter of fact, one of these people said that there's going to come a day where you're not even going to be looking at the people in the room. You're going to be looking at the camera to the people that are watching you from home. I saw an ad on Facebook today, a guy that said, look at my pulpit. What's different about the pulpit? I can tell you what's different about it. Although I'm talking to a camera, we had 7,000 views, 3,000 for our night service. Let me show you how to get more views for your church service. Everything seems to be marketing and everything seems to be shifting online. I am thankful for technology. I am thankful for everything that we have at our fingertips, the things that we can use. We have cameras, we have microphones, we have web pages, we have all sorts of things that we can utilize and benefit from when it comes to technology. But I'm here to tell you that I don't believe for one second that we should give up the physical gathering of the church so that we can put church online. You just miss so much that way. Think about through the pandemic how many people couldn't see their loved ones, whether they were in a nursing home or a hospital one of the things as a pastor that drove me crazy is if I had a church member in the hospital or having surgery or something like that is I couldn't get in. One person 
uh, even family members for a, for a long time around here couldn't even get in. They had to go back by themselves, even if they were doing surgeries. And the surgeries uh, were very rare even during this time. So whatever happened, a lot of people were on their own. And I, as a pastor, love going to be with people and sitting with people and caring for people. And that couldn't happen in COVID, and I missed it. I can't wait till everything is wide open again and we can be able to visit one-on-one because there's something special about being able to sit by someone, to hear them, to really understand what they're going through, to tell them and show them that you're there for them. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do for somebody is just to sit there in silence. Just the the gift of presence is oftentimes needed and and and. And people are thankful just for presence in in their life. There's times to to talk. There's times to pray. There's time to build up. There's time to encourage. There's there's times for all that. And you can't do that through a camera and a Zoom meeting. You can't. You can, but not as as intimate and and the way God designed as you do when you're physically there. So many people that I've seen online. So many people that I have witnessed walking up to windows at a nursing home, just putting their hands up on the windows and, and, and waving at their loved ones on the other side, and those people were crying because they just wanted them to come in. You've seen videos that probably made you cry, asking, why can't they come in? Why can't you come in? Please come in. And they weren't allowed to come in. Why? Because when we are together, it makes the biggest difference in the world. I fear that we are, we are a culture and a society that is being trained maybe maybe trained is not the right word we're being we're thinking that being alone is what we want we want to be away from society we want to be away from everybody else we want to curl up in a ball do our own thing and not have to go out into society anymore not to engage people we can get groceries delivered we can get fast food delivered we can get restaurant food delivered to our home we can get on amazon walmart.com target anything and buy whatever we want and it be delivered to our home we're working from home now in many many areas and there's really no need to get out anymore unless your job makes you get out we're becoming a society that we just want to stay in. We want to stay away from people, but that is not what God has called us to do in his word. He has called us to gather with the saints, and he's called us to engage the culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Instead, the culture is engaging the church, and the church is capitulating and bowing down to the culture because the culture is changing the church when the Bible calls believers to change the culture. I do not want to see many churches give in to this online model. I've even seen where people will tell you that you can go all on online with your church service and you can go all online with everything and even have a great giving program online. People will give more if you will just go online and I will teach you how to do this. This is not true Christian community. Folks, I do not want you to be deceived. I want you to know that when God said in his word in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, that we should spur one another along and not neglect gathering with the saints as some have begun to do or some have been doing. And I'm paraphrasing there. We are not to live in silos or on islands behind computer screens and in front of computer screens and in front of cameras and behind cameras and all of those things that the culture will want to have you do now as a church. Christian community 
is to be together, to rub shoulders with one another, to get into each other's mess, to get into each other's lives, to spur one another along, to be there for them when something happens, to celebrate wins, to do all of these things. That is community. And if we believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we'll believe his word stays the same. And his word tells us that the church should gather physically. So please don't give in to the culture's idea that the church should move all online because you are not going to find true community. And I think it's going to be even harder to worship as the body when you can't physically be with the body of Christ. So if your church is moving online and they're spending more of their time and resources online, I want to encourage you to maybe talk to your leadership first. A lot of people will say, find another church. I think first, before you just find another church, maybe you should try to talk to your leadership about why you think this is not the best idea according to the word. Now, they may tell you to go kick rocks. They may tell you that that's the the way they're going to do things. But if you believe the word is true, if you believe God wants his people to live in community and together and we should gather physically then maybe it would be time to start looking for another church. But I would encourage you, talk to your leadership first. Don't just walk out and start finding other churches because you'll never know what kind of conversations you might have and what kind of uh, good may come from those conversations. Now, if you disagree with me on this, that's okay. That's we, we are thankful to be able to live in a world where we can agree to disagree. We're thankful that we can be believers in Christ and agree to disagree. And you may say, well, it's for, the, it's for the love of our neighbor. I mentioned that earlier, that we love thy neighbor. You need to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Wear a mask. Love your neighbor. Wear, uh, don't go to church. Love your neighbor. Go online. Love your neighbor. Well, I think we've taken that verse a bit out of context, in my opinion, when we do these things like this. Um, but that's another time. And it's okay, though. What I want to say is it's okay to disagree with one another, but it's not okay to be nasty. We've talked about this before. I'm going to respect your opinion. I'm not going to agree with your opinion if you believe that church should go online because it seems that it's just a marketing tool to go online and to get people to watch, and it becomes like a TV show, a sitcom. You get people that are going to be less engaged because they're going to have so much going on around them. They're going to have their phones in their hands. They're going to have things going on. The dog's going to need to go outside. The kids are going to be yelling. They're going to be screaming. They're going to be ball games that people are going to rather watch than watch the services. There's going to be people that will say, well, I'll just watch it later because they're going to record it and it's going to be uploaded to Facebook or YouTube, and then they never get around to doing that. And then you got to figure out who's engaged, who's not, and then try to cater to that crowd. But they're so different when you can see them right in front of you. They're engaged there. They're in a seat. They can listen. The distractions are minimal. It is so different to be physically gathered. So I want to encourage you to think through these things. And the Bible teaches us to gather, to sing, to pray, to encourage, admonish. All of these things the Bible says, it talks about us doing it together as we are assembled. We have different spiritual gifts that we should use to build up the body of Christ and to build up the church, to build up one another. So we can't necessarily do that through the camera and the the computer screen. But we can do that. We can build each other up. We can serve one another 
better if we're physically in front of one another, if we're physically there. One of another one of the other things that I think is a lot of times when you get to on this online, these chats and these text messages and everything is done via technology rather than via face to face, a lot of things get lost in translation. You get you can't read tone. You can't read somebody's language. You can read body language, you can hear tone, and you can physically see them if you're right in front of them. So what may be an encouragement coming from somebody may be taken as uh, something hostile or something, they may be offended by something you say, but if we're together as the body, those things will be limited because you can see, you can hear, and you can feel out the conversation and it would be so much better. That's just another side thing, that another side benefit for being able to gather together. So I want to encourage you to think through this, and I pray that your church is not going to go online. I pray that you're going to open your doors wide open, and if it means that pastors are going to be arrested, even in the United States of America, for holding churches, may many pastors infiltrate the prison system in America and convert, see many jailers converted, see many inmates converted to Christ because they're willing to continue to open their doors and gather with the saints. And if they're thrown in jail, then they'll just continue to preach the gospel there as Paul did. We have so many beautiful examples of this. And if persecution happens here, severe persecution, may we scatter and take the gospel wherever we go. So I pray that this is encouraging to you in some way. But I pray that you also will see the need to gather physically because I believe God commands it in his word. And I believe that that's how we do life, how we do Christian community. And that's together, not apart from one another through technology. Technology is a blessing. We can use it for the glory of God. But let's meet in our churches on Sundays, on Wednesday nights, and any other time. Let's gather physically with the church and not give in to the post-pandemic hype of online church, but let's do what God has commanded. I want to thank you again for listening. If this has been of any kind of help to you, leave me a comment. If you've got any thoughts, if you disagree, I'd love to hear you. I'd love to interact with you, not in a not in a hateful way or not in a rude way, but just a, a back and forth sharpening of one another is always good. Uh, so if you have been blessed or have questions, have rebukes, anything, leave a comment here on YouTube, leave a comment on Facebook, leave a comment in the email at doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be more than happy to get back with you there. If I can ever do anything for you, I will always be able to do the best I can as well. And if you're not a Christian, I pray that you would repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Until next time, thank you again for listening, and God bless.